0: Um, so, yeah, um, it's a delight. It's wonderful to, to be here um, once again. Um, we thank God that we are able to meet after such a long time. For those who are new, I mean, quite new. This is maybe your first time. You've not been here before. Maybe it's your second Sunday. Or, um, oh, great. Okay. Wow. Super. You are so welcome. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is Monica. I'm also part of the leadership team. And uh, this morning, I'm uh, privileged to bring the message uh, or the word. I'm actually going to be talking on the subject of thankfulness, thankfulness, thankfulness. And I think this is just continuing with this theme of refreshment and uh, refreshing, a time of refreshing that God is is really um, leading us into. Um, So just think about that. It's thankfulness, not thank-halfness, not thank-quarterness. It's thankfulness, um, and it's such a big topic, so I'm, I'm sort of going to be moving here and there, but uh, focusing mainly on the power behind uh, being thankful, living a life of being thankful, as well as this connection, this very interesting connection that uh, thankfulness has with faith. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of going to scatter seed all over the place, and I pray that the Holy Spirit um, will nature that seed in your hearts as you receive it. And will cause it to, to grow and bloom. Amen. Amen. So let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Um, hopefully we still have our Bibles. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. So I'll read it from the Amplified version. Um, I like the Amplified, so that's where I'm going to get this text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, this is what it says um, in the Amplified. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Um, There's much you can say about this but I want to highlight two things. The first is that this is actually a command not a suggestion or a plea. It basically says be thankful or some translations say give thanks. Okay so this morning I just want you to shout um, what, what are you thankful for? Um, just, you know, don't worry, just, just throw it out there. What are you thankful for this morning? Zion. Zion, well. <laughs> okay, what else? Life, that's beautiful, life. Uh-huh. Light. Light, okay. Family. Help. Health. Friends. Jobs, super. And so on and so on. If, you know, if we spend time, there's a lot we can really give thanks uh, to God for. When I was thinking about this, I wrote um, you know, the three Fs, family, friends, and food. Okay? I don't know about you, but um, you know, when you live in Uganda, really, we are blessed with food. Really. It's, it's literally thrown, you know, thrown on the roadside. When you walk along the roadside, you find food all over. So we are so thankful for these things. And... Um, I want us to to sort of um, grow to a a higher level. Have you noticed that most of these things that we list are things that we already have? They are good things. And it's good to give thanks to God for all these things. They are things that we already have, and they are good things. But this, this verse, this particular verse we've read, commands us to give thanks in every situation, in every circumstance. So it's not often that you hear of testimonies, like the testimony of Habakkuk, when he says, you know, I've lost all my sheep, maybe in a flood, and yesterday morning, all my cattle were stolen. And this morning, I've just noticed that my maize crop has been attacked by resistant insects. And there's a big problem with with the olive trees that I planted five, six years ago, and yet I give thanks. You know, those kinds of testimonies are very rare. It's very hard to give thanks in the middle of very deep and dark situations. And yet, the command is give thanks in the midst of these situations. Let me just correct something. I just um, be careful to, to highlight something here. We are not told to give thanks about these situations or for these negative situations. But we are told to give thanks in the midst of these situations. So in the midst of our trials and tribulations, we thank God in every situation and in every circumstance. So why is it so difficult, particularly when it comes to these difficult things? Well, I think it boils down to the issue of what you believe. It boils down to your faith, especially because when you are going through these difficult situations, your faith and your, your trust in God is really being tested And so your ability to give thanks to God in the midst of them is a measure of how much you trust God to pull you through or to take you through. It's very easy to quote verses such as, all things work together for good for all those who love the Lord. very easy to read those verses and quote them. But do you truly believe it? And do you believe it every single time? And if we are to be honest, if I'm to be honest, it's sometimes hard to hold on to those verses. Sometimes we have doubt, sometimes we have unbelief in our minds, and it can affect our faith, and therefore it can also affect our level of thanksgiving. So I want to focus on uh, this, sermon on two, two main truths that um, I believe God wants us to hear this morning. The first is that thanksgiving is really a way for us to express our faith. Thanksgiving is, is, is a way to say to God, you know what, I'm going through all this stuff, but I believe you can take me through the storms, you can take me through these waters, you can protect me from evil. It's a way of expressing our trust and our belief and our faith in God. And then, Thanksgiving, and this is the second truth I believe God wants, us to, wants to speak to us this morning, Thanksgiving is also a way in which supernatural power, we can release the supernatural power of God to flow in our lives. Many people don't think about it, but as we shall see as we go along, when we give thanks in the middle of very dark situations, it can actually re- release supernatural power to transform and change those situations. So I want to focus on two stories from the Bible that will help us to really uh, pull through this, this truth. The first one is the story of Lazarus, the story of Lazarus. So let's go to Lazarus chapter 11. Oh, sorry. Okay, you're awake, fine. <laughs> That was just a test. John chapter 11, sorry. John chapter 11. Okay. It's a good crowd. Very alert, very awake. John chapter 11. Um, And we're not going to read the whole story. Um, When you have time, please do so. Um, So we'll just sort of pick a few things. Um, John chapter 11 and just to give you a, a background, Lazarus was a very close friend of Jesus. As a matter of fact, so was his family. And he had fallen sick for some days, for some time. And then um, he dies, um, and he is buried. And then after four days, um, Jesus goes to see the family. He wasn't there at the time. Um, so he goes to see the family after the four days that he's been buried. And is met by Martha. Now, keep in mind that Martha is grieving. Okay, Somebody in the family has just passed on. And bear in mind also that they had sent for Jesus while Lazarus was sick, but he didn't come. He didn't come on time and, he, and Lazarus died. So um, he meets with Martha, Martha is grieving, She's in pain. Um, As you can imagine, those who have lost loved ones and who have lost close friends, it's a very difficult time. Um, You're still mourning, you're still grieving, you're still organizing. You know, um, when somebody passes away, there's a lot of things that you have to sort out. So there's all that stuff that's still being sorted out. Um, And this is the context, this is the background which Jesus comes in and finds uh, Martha or connects with Martha. So let's go to verse 21, John chapter 11, verse 21. And let me just read that text, and then we shall comment as we go along. Uh, John 11, verse 21. So Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Then Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. And then everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. So let's stop there for a moment. You see, up until this point, Martha believed that Jesus could do anything. Look at her words, first of all, in verse 21. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So expressing her faith in God, in Jesus. And then verse 22, I know that while you're here, whatever you ask from God, you can get. Okay, so she's expressing her faith and uh, her belief in, God, in, in Jesus and in his ability to do things, to transform things. And then she reconfirms this when Jesus asked her, do you believe? Do you believe? That's in verse 26, do you believe? And she says, yes, Lord, I know that you are the son of God. And meaning that that she knew that as the son of God, he could accomplish much, he could do much. Then jump to verse 39, let's go to verse 39. Verse 39, where Jesus is now at the graveside, okay? Jesus is now at the graveside. And Jesus commands and gives this command. He says, take away the stone. That's the stone that covered the tomb. And then Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an order, for he has been dead for four days. You know, when Martha is asked to put her faith to the test, to prove by her actions that she has faith in Jesus, she immediately goes into doubt and unbelief. She starts thinking about the practicalities and she forgets about her confessions. Lord, he has been dead for four days. There's an odor, there's a smell. So what happened to her belief in Jesus as the son of God? What happened to her belief that God can do anything, that Jesus can do anything? Does this sound familiar? We read verses and we sing these songs that talk of how I can do all things through Christ. I am more than a conqueror. We believe them up to a point. And then our faith is tested, is put to the test. And then instead of giving thanks and joy and standing firm on the words that we believe and confess, we go into doubt and unbelief. We start thinking of the practicalities. How is God going to deliver me? How is he going to get me a job in these circumstances where everybody is losing a job? How am I going to get married when you can see so many marriages are falling apart? How will I be successful? What is my future going to be like? So there's this wavering between doubt and unbelief. You know, at one time I was sharing with a discipleship class um, And I was telling them about how sometimes, you know, when when they're coming forward and they want prayer, um, they're about to sit for a particular exam that they are concerned about, maybe they haven't understood it so well, they haven't haven't understood the subject matter so well. So they come forward for for prayer, um, asking uh, for, you know, for for us to agree that they can go through this exam successfully. And I, I, you know, I I told them when we shared this exam, I said, When I ask you, do you believe that Jesus can take you through this exam? You're like, yes, I believe. I know and I'm standing firm on the fact that um, I can do all things. I'm like, yes, that's fantastic. Let's pray together. Let's agree together. So we pray and we agree. And then they go forward and they do the exam and the results come out. And so when they go and look at the results, they're like, oh, my God, I passed. I can't believe I passed. Oh, my goodness, I passed. I can't believe it. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't believe? And you're the same person who said you believe and you're sure (laughs) that you can actually, that God can lead you through. So what happened? Why did you, you know, move back and forth? You know, we swing between this belief and unbelief, faith and doubt. But man, I am so thankful. The good news is that God can help us even in our unbelief. Even in our unbelief. Aren't you thankful that it does, it's not like 100%, I have to be there all the time, 100%. There are times when those pockets of unbelief come, and yet God can help us through. And this is exactly what He did with Martha. Let's look at verse 40. Verse 40. So Jesus says to Martha, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? In saying this, Jesus is actually reminding Martha to trust In his words, I have already told you that you will see the glory of God. The word of God is the basis of our faith. And Jesus is reassuring Martha, just as he reassures you and I, in the midst of doubt and unbelief, that he indeed can do all things. So we must trust him and give thanks to him based on that, based on his word, on his trustworthiness, not on what we see or what we think. Never rely on what you think you know, as the verse says. So the next thing that happens is faith in action. Look at verse 41. Something exciting happens, verse 41. So they took away the stone. So they took away the stone. So that's faith basically being expressed in action. In other words, now that Jesus had reassured them, they took a step of faith. They took a step of faith. Um, and clearly, that different behavior is because they believed that Jesus could do something about the situation. When faith is activated, it's a mighty thing. We know that faith without works is dead, and so this was faith working, faith being put into action. Now, in verse 41, continuing, Jesus does something interesting. He gives thanks, okay? Now, Lazarus is still in the grave. So far, the only thing that's happened is the stone has been rolled away, but Jesus is giving thanks. And he says this, verse 41, and Jesus lifted up, Lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me, but I say this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. I thank you that you have heard me. Lazarus is still in the tomb. Okay, things are still difficult. Yet Jesus gives thanks for the fact that God has heard him, not will hear him. Not will answer sometime in the future, but the fact that God has heard him. And so even as we prayed for Hugh, we don't have any cause to doubt and say, hmm, has God actually heard? We know that God has heard the prayers. Amen. Amen? Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. So Jesus is very confident of the father's ability to come through for him. And look what what happens next. In verse 43, he says, when he had said these things, what things? When he had uttered this prayer of thanksgiving, thanksgiving in in faith, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, and bind him and let him go. That's a powerful, powerful miracle. Amen? Amen. So what do we learn from this? There's a lot we can learn, but I just want to um, give a couple of things that maybe we can go away with. Uh, We can give thanks to God in any situation, every situation, no matter what the circumstances, even situations that look really, really hopeless. We can be thankful before we see any evidence of change. So we give thanks for the healing that is going on or the healing that has come into Hugh's Life. We give thanks for those who are really living through difficult situations and we believe, we are believing and trusting that God will actually um, uh, bring you through. We give thanks before we see the situation. You know, there's, there's a verse um, that, that God assures us through in, in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24. We don't need to turn there, but it's just something that you can think about as you go. It says this Before you call, I will answer. While you are yet speaking, I will hear. Before you call, I will answer. While you are yet speaking, I will hear. Wow, that's assurance that comes from God. The second thing that we can take away from Lazarus' story is this. Being thankful in the midst of trials and difficulties is very, very powerful. It is evidence of your faith, and it is your faith at work. Like I said before, faith without works is dead. It can't activate anything. But faith with works, when it is working, it's able to bring through or to allow God's powerful and supernatural power to flow through and to change situations. You know, at one time I rented an apartment to a tenant and initially the tenant was quite good, made his regular payments, but he started getting a bit slow on the payments and eventually basically just stopped paying, uh, making payments. Um, And this was of concern, you know, first, first month, second month, you know, sent out notices and letters and he still wouldn't respond. Um, but, you know, we gave him a bit of time um, and he would promise to pay and then fail to do so. So eventually, I mean, we really had no choice but to evict him. So after contacting the relevant authorities, you know, the LCs, the police, the lawyers, etc., cetera, um, we, you know, gave him a final notice and then entered the apartment and um, then cleaned it out. Now. When we did that, he was actually not around. in fact, he was out of the country, but he was communi- I mean he was on WhatsApp so you could communicate with him and he did agree to a certain I mean he did agree to a level that he had actually failed to make payments and that we, we could actually go ahead and, and enter the apartment. Now when I entered the apartment, when we had cleaned it out, when everybody had left, and you know um, I sat there in the apartment and I thought about it for a moment. This apartment was in a place where it was very difficult to rent. Typically, apartments would take almost a year before you'd get another tenant, and then there was this backlog of rent payments that had not been done. So I was just thinking about it, and then I decided, let me go into Thanksgiving mode. Let me switch into Thanksgiving. So I began to praise the Lord and thank him. I thanked him for the fact that the season was now over with this guy. I thanked him for the fact that he has blessed the work of my hands. I thanked him for the fact that he was going to be able to transform this situation, this difficult situation into, you know, a powerful testimony. Yes? (laughs) Into a powerful testimony um, on, uh, you know, that will glorify him. And I really spent some time uh, thanking him and praising him. And then I I left and put the apartment up for um, advert. We've lost power. Yeah, I put it on advert and basically um, just waited on the Lord. And within, I think it was a few weeks, um, within a few weeks, I actually got a new tenant who was able to pay 40% above what the previous tenant was paying. 40% above. And then not only that something really interesting happened, is that when this old tenant left, um, as part of the settlement, we agreed that we would take over the furniture and you know, all the assets that he had. He just asked maybe for his private papers, um, like his passports, etc., which we, 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 you know, we gave, we gave uh, back to him. But all the furniture, all these assets, which was in really good condition um, that we inherited, some of which we sold and then recovered back the rent. And I said, Lord, you are indeed wonderful because you have restored what I have lost. So this is the power behind thanksgiving, wow. And you can do the same. The situation that you're going through may be dark and difficult and dim, but look for something to hold on to from the word of God. Give thanks based on that hope that you have, the word that you have. When we believe in God, things can work out. All things can work out for good when we trust in him and when we believe in him. There's another lesson, even as we finish, um, from uh, the Ten Lepers. This is the story of the Ten Lepers. Also, we can learn a lot about Thanksgiving from the story of the Ten Lepers. Um, And this really talks about the power of Thanksgiving and how it can bring wholeness into your life. Wholeness into your life. It gives you a higher quality of life than, um, than just living a life where you're grumbling and complaining and looking at all the negative situations that are going on around you. I actually read a study that was done by psychologists and they um, took these two groups, Group A and Group B. And Group A, the people in Group A, they gave them a, a, a task. They told them, um, for the next few days or the next few weeks, I want you to write down something that you're thankful for every day for the next few weeks. And then this other group, Group B, they told them, for the next few weeks, write down something that you're annoyed and irritated about, things that are not working out, write it down. And then they studied these groups over a period of time. And at the end of the study, they noticed something interesting. Group A, that had been given the task of identifying and writing down things that they're thankful for, they had a very positive look outlook in their lives. Plus, they had less visits to doctors. They were more healthy than group B. That's amazing. There's a wholeness that comes with having an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving. The story of the 10 lepers, um, it really emphasizes this. Basically, the background to it is that 10 lepers came to Jesus and asked him to have mercy on them, and he healed them. He told them to go and show themselves to the priest, and in the process, they actually got healed. But one of them came back. One of them came back. In Luke chapter 17, verse 15, uh, we can go there um, uh, very quickly. Luke chapter 17, verse 15. um, It talks about what happened with this one that actually came back. Uh, Luke 17, verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. Thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, that's Jesus talking to to this tenth uh, um, guy, rise and go your way because your faith has made you well. There are other translations that say your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. So, by expressing thanks to Jesus, this man glorified Jesus. The result is not only was he cleansed, not only was he healed like the other nine, but he got something extra. He was restored to wholeness. He was restored to wholeness. There was, um, uh, Moira used that word wholeness when, he was pr- when she was praying over, over Hugh. The word wholeness is really the full quality of life. The full quality of life. There's a, a difference between he- being healed and being made whole. When you are healed, sickness leaves your body, but you still have the mental and emotional effects of that sickness, um, even though you are healed. But when you're made whole, that quality of life that Jesus promised actually comes and flows inside of you. It's called living in the abundance of life. So think of this, the life of this man before he was healed and made whole. Think about his life for a moment. As a sick person, he had to deal with the effects of leprosy. Leprosy is a terrible disease, it affects the nerves, it can cripple you, your limbs basically fall off, it can cause paralysis and even blindness. And then, as a Samaritan, the Bible says he was a Samaritan, as a Samaritan he, had, he was hated by the Jews. In another portion of scripture it talks about the Samaritans and the Jews had no dealings with each other. It was a long historical um, sort of racial, um, um, you know, relationship that was going on, very, very antagonistic. So he had to deal with the fact that he was a Samaritan living amongst the Jews. And these problems must have been very stressful, affecting the Samaritan leper both mentally and emotionally. People avoided him. People probably looked down on him. They abused him, ignored him. And he probably woke up each morning thinking, is life worth the living? And so in the same way, maybe you're here this morning and you're going through tough situations and this is the kind of thoughts that you're going through. You might not be physically sick or you might be, but you don't have that wholeness that Jesus promised. So when Jesus heals all the lepers, what happens, the sickness leaves them, but the emotional and mental issues probably stayed with them, with the exception of this leper. And these things had to be dealt with. And this is where the power of thankfulness comes in. So when the Samaritan comes back to Jesus and gives thanks to him, his life is restored to wholeness. Why? because he's glorifying Jesus instead of his m- emotional and, and, you know, and his uh, mental problems. He's glorifying and speaking about the glory of Jesus and not about his segregation issues. He's glorifying Jesus and not worrying about his future and whether his, the scars that he has will affect him, will affect his ability to get a job, will affect his ability to get married, and so on and so on. His focus is 100% on Jesus. He magnifies Jesus above all things.
1: So wholeness and
0: supernatural power come from being thankful in every situation, no matter what the circumstance. It's how we're supposed to live. Learn from Jesus because he was one very, very thankful person. He saw results in the physical as a result of really being thankful um, before he saw the results. Before he fed the 5,000, he lifted up his eyes to heavens and said, thank you, God, thank you, God. Before the victory of the cross, At the Last Supper, he gave thanks to God before he broke the bread. He gave thanks to God. People like Paul and Silas, locked up in prison, they gave thanks to God, It caused a mighty earthquake. And by the way, it's good to be honest, if you're really struggling in this area, don't pretend that you're thankful when you're not. What would be better is to go honestly to God and say, I want this thing. I want to be able to move into this area where I can give thanks to you. Even when things are difficult, when things are tough, I want to be able to move into this this higher call and let the Holy Spirit do a work on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. Better to be honest, to tell God you're struggling than to pretend that you're thankful when actually inside you're bitter and angry and annoyed. The Holy Spirit is our helper and he can help us. I'll finish with the words of Psalm chapter nine, verse one. Psalm Psalm chapter one, verse nine. And in this psalm really, the the psalmist expresses thanksgiving as an act of the will. There are times um, I go through very difficult situations and I really have to tell myself, I have to will it into my life to give thanks, even in the midst of the situation. I believe it's part of actually growing up um, as a Christian Um, and really allowing God to do a work in me. It says in Psalm 9, verse 1, Psalm 9, verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. It says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful, wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. I will, I will, I will, I will give thanks. Amen? Amen. So this is uh, what I'm going to leave you with. I just trust that the Holy Spirit will take these words that have been spoken um, and nature them in your hearts and grow them in your hearts so that really we can live to a a, a calling where we operate with an attitude of gratitude in every situation, no matter what what the circumstance. Amen. Okay, so I want to pray for you. Yeah, so if you just rise to your feet, um, and if you're here, maybe you've come with a very heavy burden, you need um, to talk, talk to someone, um, or you need to really tell someone, and you need some help, uh, by all means, stay behind after the service, and we can, we can pray with you specifically into your issue, but for now, I just want to pray a general prayer um, that God will really help us to take what he has given us, and to chew on it, um, and to digest it that we may be strengthened. Father in heaven, we thank you for your words this morning. I thank you because these words have helped me. I thank you because I know they've helped people in here. Lord, we know that your words are not in vain. They go out and accomplish that which you please and your purpose. And so the words that I've spoken, Lord, I'm just believing that they will go into the hearts and the minds of the men and women gathered here and that they will transform their lives for the better. And they will result in powerful testimonies of how thanksgiving to you, trust in you, has enabled supernatural power to flow into their lives and through their lives to affect them and to affect those around them. Lord, we are thankful and we praise you and we ask that you help us to live with an attitude of gratitude for this is your will for us in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen.